When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From the Channel 11 studio, this is 11 on the Ice. And welcome to the showcase of the Immortals 11 on the Ice. I'm Jenna Harner, and my line is ready to hit the ice the old 2 Niners, Stanley Cup champion Phil Bork, and from our partner, DKPittsburghSports.com, Dayan Kovacevic. And the Pens getting ready for another first place showdown with the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, they're a real good team. You know, and, and that's uh, that's something we knew before we played them, and that's certainly something that we know now after playing them twice. You know, they're they're a real good team. They've got a lot of balance. They're a hungry group. Uh, they're they're mobile. They're mobile at at, at the forward position. Uh, they're very mobile at the defense position, and they play an in-your-face game. And the Hurricanes continuing to play that style. They won this afternoon over the Philadelphia Flyers. They continue to be consistent and they expand their lead in the Metro. Carolina with an eight-point lead and one game in hand on the Penguins. Tomorrow is critical if the Pens plan to make any kind of run at winning the Metro. So let's get right to it, guys. An overtime loss and a one-goal loss, both hard-fought battles against the Canes. What will it take to get over that hump tomorrow, Borky? Well, obviously... Unbelievable goaltending. I mean, uh, that when you're playing a team that's number one in your division, and now they've caught the Colorado Avalanche for number one in the league, mm. uh, that you'll need solid goaltending. That's the easy answer, right? Mm. The more difficult answer that I'm going to look for tomorrow afternoon is that secondary scoring. And I know I, I'm sounding like uh, a broken record here a bit, but you look at the games that has been played between these two teams, secondary scoring has been pivotal in, in uh, who is the victor. Uh, and also... Who can get their nasty on? Because you know the Carolina Hurricanes are not known as as a team that uh, has a bunch of brutes, but man, they play with a, a physicality and they get under your skin. And uh, discipline will be another key. So I think the physicality and the discipline kind of go hand in hand. Dan, what is it going to take for the Pens to kind of come out the win there, here? There is, as Phil suggesting, there there's a there's a bit of a mirror image between these teams. The Hurricanes want to be in your face. You heard it from Mike Sullivan's mouth. Who else does he say that about? His own team. Uh, he also talks about the Penguins needing to control the puck, that the best defense is offense and possession. That's what I want to see from the Penguins that I haven't seen enough of in the first two meetings between these teams, including uh, just a few days ago in Raleigh. Let's see some possession. Let's see some cycling. Let's see Carolina, after having to play today uh, against Philadelphia, let's see them get worn down the way the Penguins wore down the Vegas Golden Knights last night at PPG Paints Arena. Do some of that.
Now, in recent games, the Pens have faced the best of the best in the East, not only Carolina, but Florida and Tampa from the Atlantic. Guys, what do those three teams have that the Penguins might not have yet? Dan? Oh, I'm going to go right back to Phil's point about secondary scoring. Yeah. I mean, that, that's really it. When you, when you think of Tampa in particular and the two championships that they've just won, how have they done it? It's been by rolling four lines. It hasn't just been leaning on, on, on Kucherov and Stamkos and those guys. They've gotten goals from tons of people. That's what you need. When I look at Florida's roster right now, obscenely deep. Carolina's got some as well. Uh, that's what the Penguins need to do more than anything else. And you know what? That might involve, you know, a trade. Borky, is it secondary scoring kind of the big thing here, or is there something else you're seeing? That is the most glaring thing for me, and that is the difference maker. Uh, and you're right. When Tampa Bay has won their two Stanley Cups, it's been the big boys. Yeah, it's been Vasilevsky and goal. Yeah, but really, there's been games or series that are kind of teeter-tottering, and it's been one of the third or fourth line guys that's chipped in with a big goal. So that's, the again, the easy one. But a couple things for me. When you talk about Tampa, you talk about Florida, you talk about Carolina, what's the two things that they're really good at? front of the net, both in the offensive zone and the defensive zone. So I'm looking for more jam by the forwards in front of Carolina's net tomorrow afternoon uh, if they play, uh, you know, if they end up playing Florida Tampa, but also in front of their own net, probably more importantly, where we've seen some weakness there. The other thing, and this is a little, little bit, uh, uh, you know, off the page here, is home ice. You know, the Penguins are, have not been great on home ice. Mm -hmm. I, I went through the schedule today. And guys, I, you know, the last time the Penguins had a significant home ice win against a team that's in the playoffs, and I'm not talking about a blowout, even though this game was a blowout, was a 7-1 win back in October. I think it was their third home game. Mm -hmm. Other than that, it's been, yeah. it's been a bit of a struggle for the Penguins to have. Now, it was one point. That game against the New York Rangers. I was going to say, you're leaving out the Rangers. It was a one nothing game, <laughs> and that was maybe the Penguins' yeah. best home game all year. Yes. But it's about time they kind of take their sword out, Jenna, and they mm -hmm. stick it in the sand and say, this is the PPG Paints Arena. You're going to come into our house, you're going to have some hell to pay if you think you're going to come out with even one point. This style that the Penguins want to play, right? Yeah, making it a tough place mm -hmm. to play, a key factor. Now, to make a run at the Stanley Cup, the Penguins could be looking to add to the team. Would we like that a little bit up front? Yeah, that would be a fair. Um, that would be a fair statement. Um, but I think every team again would like that a little bit up front, or or maybe on the on the back end. So I feel good. I don't feel like I have to do anything. But if we can get better, we're certainly going to try. Well, he's not GMJR by any means, where deals were a virtual certainty. <laughs> where specifically in the middle six do the Penguins need to add, Dan? Well, I'll tell you what, I'd like to see more, first of all, before you get into any kind of dramatic trades and let's go get JT Miller and Brock Besser from Vancouver, <laughs> both of them if possible. It's not going to happen. Uh, but I'd like to at least give these Wilkes-Barre kids a chance. You know, I mean, Valtteri Pustinen, I thought he impressed last night in his debut. He goes right back to Wilkes-Barre. Uh, let's see Radim Zahorna. Let's see Drew O'Connor. Uh, especially now that you're going to be without Brock McGinn for probably about a month with that wrist injury. Let's keep that pipeline churning here, you know? Borky, where do you think they need to add the most? I think somebody to play with Gino. That's, oh. To me, that's the yeah. biggest thing. Uh, we haven't really had a guy. We thought it was Kasperi Kapanen, but now he's been a healthy scratch. And just quickly to your point, Dayon, maybe it is in-house here. Maybe yeah. it is Big Z that just got the recall. Maybe it's Drew O'Connor who just got a one-year extension next year to play at one-way money. Uh, these are big bodies that love to go to the front of the net. So 
Listen, I, I understand that uh, Ronnie Hextall, he was really calculated in choosing his words. He doesn't want to mortgage the, the future for the present, but I think it's imperative that we make a move and get some fresh blood in here. Well, Mike Sullivan is quite unflappable when he's dressing, addressing the media, and he entertained a question he may have never heard before. That's coming up next on 11 on the Ice. As a coach, aside from maybe like headbutting Sidney Crosby or throwing a chair, what do you do to try to get guys ready so for the drop of the pucks so they have that strong start? Well, I've yet to headbutt Sid or throw a chair, but I'll keep that in mind moving forward. Question of the year candidate there. Mike Sullivan deadpans it. We often talk about how coaches handle the media. Guys, what's your take on Sully and his approach to how he funnels out information? Because I know both of you have really personal relationships with him. Well, I'll tell you this. I've covered a lot of coaches, a lot of managers for all three of our teams in Pittsburgh for a quarter century now. And I've appreciated and respected Sullivan's approach as much as anyone that I've covered. And that goes back to, you know, Herb Brooks and, and a lot of big, big names, Mike Tomlin, Bill Coward, these, and a lot of the Pirates managers. Uh, and the reason for that is, is that he's always himself. And that doesn't mean he always lets it all out, but he's not going to lie to you. Uh, he's going to tell you what it is that he's actually thinking. He invests thought in his answer. That's something that we as reporters appreciate more than anything else here. Don't just blow me off. Don't just give me a, you know, a, a stock answer. He's going to think about what the question was, win or lose, and come back with something big-time professional. <laughs> Borky, your thoughts as well? I, I never get tired of hearing, uh, you know, moving forward. I never get that tired <laughs> of that, you know, that Boston forward. I love it. Um, I will say this about Mike Sullivan, it really, and I have so much respect for him also, just as a person and as a hockey coach. And as a hockey coach and being a former player, the one thing Sully has never done from day one is singled out a player. And he's been baited. Quite a few times. Has he not, Dan? Oh, I've done it. Absolutely. <laughs> and he won't bite. He will nope. never bite. And that's why when I look at Kasperi Kapanen and I look at Zach Aston Reese and I look at Dominic Simon, guys that, you know, have become hot topics here in Pittsburgh uh, because they feel like they're, they've been underachieving, Mike Sullivan continues to go to bat every single time in front of the media. And I think it's time for those players that he's going to bat for, it's time Step for them for to start paying them yeah, back. Yeah, that's it. Step up for him. He's been stepping up in front of Kapanen all year long saying, I'm taking the challenge personally right. as a coach to get the most out of this player. All right, well, let's see it from the player. Well, we are going to talk a little bit more about some of those guys and some key issues there coming up in just a little bit. But first, the best women in hockey take center stage in Pittsburgh, a closer look at the rivalry rematch. That's coming up next on 11 on the Ice. Pittsburgh's a great sports city, hockey city, and I got a, I was able to experience it, obviously, with Phil, and Pittsburgh was always great to him, and it holds a special place in my heart as well, so to hear the fans cheering for me was a pretty special moment. What an incredible crowd. Obviously, Pittsburgh showed up for us, and um, they're a great city, as Amanda said, and hopefully we can continue this on and, and continue the momentum in women's hockey as well. 
the rivalry rematch between the women's teams from USA and Canada lived up to the hype and then some an overtime goal from Marie Philippe Poulin ends it. She is just captain clutch there. Team Canada comes out on top four to three. This was the rematch from the Olympic gold medal match and boy did it deliver. Guys, your take on this game and the future of women's hockey because there's a lot of mixed feelings here. I'll start here, Dan. Go ahead. Um, I'm a big fan of women's hockey. I just want to get that out of the way. I've been watching it for a while, and not just the Olympics. Any other time to watch women's hockey, even if I'm just at a rink and there's a women's game, whether it's Bantam or Midget, whatever, I, I stop and watch. The skill set that these girls have is remarkable, and, and it's no longer uh, just, a, just a sidebar, just another sport. It, in the last 10 years, the way it has grown, I, I will say this about women's hockey. It, it seems to be just USA and Canada. And I want somewhere down the road here very soon for somebody else, another country to start stepping up because it seems like all the Olympics, the world championships, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, let's get through all the formalities because it's just going to be USA and Canada in the gold medal game. Yeah, in the West. So we've seen uh, flashes. Uh, Finland has been great whenever whenever Nora Ratu was their goaltender. She's, she's up in age now, but we've seen the competition rise occasionally above the bronze medal level. Jenna, what I think really needs to happen is you need to see Finland, Sweden, you need to see other countries raise the entire level of the game so that it's not just U.S. and Canada, but also just in North America. I think we need to find a way to have the NHL create a partnership, a real partnership uh, with the professional hockey, uh, the, the Women's Hockey Association to create some kind of leagues that are brother-sister type uh, leagues wh where there's an existing NHL market. That, I think, will work in Pittsburgh, but also in other markets. Yeah, the demand for it clearly evident, especially just whenever you see the Olympics. Every four years, mm -hmm. it seems to surge. How can we sustain that? How can we keep it growing? Well, let's go back to the Penguins now. Kasperi Kapanen, finally a healthy scratch last night. Borky, what's his finally. role moving forward? <laughs> what's his role? She said yeah. finally. It's my favorite part. Um, <laughs> The one, let me get this out of the way. I don't even know if I have to say this, a little disclaimer, that Kasperi Kapanen's a good guy. And I know we're not in the yes. good guy business. We're in the yes. win hockey games business. He's really liked by his teammates. Yeah. And I think he really cares. He just seems like a little bit of a lost soul. And let's not kick a guy while he's down. I'm saying let's kind of rally around this guy. Now listen, he might be traded tomorrow. Who knows? Because he's just, he's got nine goals in 57 games, which doesn't sound horrible, but he's gone 17 without one in his last 24. And, and we need him. That's the thing. We're counting on you. We need you. And your head coach has is, is backed you up. Listen, I know Brock McGinn got hurt last game. He might be right back in there again. If he is, we're going to learn a lot about Kasperi Kaplan. Because after being a healthy scratch, you're going to get right back in the lineup again because of an injury. You better be shot out of a cannon. You better be, I don't know, what's the line? Chewing thunder and crapping lightning. I, what, <laughs> you, you, better, you better bring your A game. Yeah, you heard me right. Bring your A game and let's see what he's got. Let's see what he's got because somewhere the rubber's got to hit the road with Kasperi Kapanen. And How am I supposed to compete with this? <laughs> what, what did he just say? It's, it's eat lightning. lightning and crapping thunder. There we go. We'll Kapanen, get it for what it's worth, Kapanen was back with regular lines uh, in, in practice today. So Phil might be right that he's right back out there against Carolina tomorrow. The thing that drives you nuts about Kapanen, and you know, Phil, you and I have watched practices and skates together and said a lot of the same stuff, is when you see him out there, he can look like the very best yeah. player on your roster. 
and his teammates see that and his coaches see that so when Mike Sullivan says it's on me as I was saying earlier it's my challenge to get the most out of him he means it it's not just for show coaches take that sort of thing personally they know that if all he does Phil, I know we're on the same page with this. Go to the net. Go to the net. And I don't mean like <laughs> Patrick Hornquist. I'm talking Just about the don't net. cross the blue line and do don't the Gretzky up, thing and pirouette and everything Just go else. Go to the net. Go to the net. Happen. Go to the net and make something happen. Watch footage of Valtteri Pustinen from last night. That's all that kid did was go to the net every time. No one had to tell him. He just went there. It would really be something. Phil says, we need this player. Yeah. The Penguins need that type of player, exactly who Kapanen is. Well, it is time to go top shelf. We're going to start with Mark Friedman's goal from top last shelf. night because this was something <laughs> that was just beautiful, guys. And this was his first of the season, by the way. Let's give a little love to uh, Brian Boyle. Uh, Boyle, Boyler, man. That's a pass. nifty little pass oh, really by the KG is. veteran. Cuts to the middle of the ice. Little sauce, maybe onto the tape. I love how Friedman just took a second, realized, oh, I got some time, I got some space. Jack Eichel can't reach me. Talk about top shelf, right where Mama keeps the peanut butter, baby. Oh man, did he rip that wrist? And that's the best part is that you see Laurent Brossard came way out of the net. He had the angle. That's not one of those where if you're the goalie, you're regretting anything. Uh, you know, Friedman just looks up, he sees the spot, and he just places it. It doesn't get any better. Oh man, that's that's a great feeling to see that mm -hmm. black disc hit the white twine. Beautiful. And now we'll go to the Florida game. Jake Gensel right off the faceoff. These goals, by the way, were the ones that were nine seconds apart. This is just a beautifully scripted Yeah, don't play. take the. I know this is a bang-bang play. Sid wins the faceoff. But this is a set play. I mean, Jake is there because Sid put him there. And Sid planned on, I'm going to win the faceoff. Now, was that Barkoff he beat on the faceoff? It is. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you're talking one of the best faceoff guys in the league. I know. That Sid beats Barkoff. Puts it right into Jake's wheelhouse. He go down. He go Crosby down on one knee. Yeah, a little boy, Jake. You know the but, other. The other part of this that's set, Phil, is watch Brian Rust. Yeah. He's cutting across that hash. Take the that is not an accident. You, you know how it's not. You yeah. know it's not an accident. Is watch his feet. He leaves his feet. He gets we've seen up. Sid do that. Yeah. He leaves his feet in that jump. It's got to be distracting for a goaltender. And the way that that Jake can pound the pill from that spot there. That's long range. The dot's 25, so that's 35 feet out. And you go top cheese over Bob Rossi. And the, but watch Bob, though. Bob, Bob's head never flinches, and that tells you, I'm going to keep giving all this credit here to Rust because that's Rust that's making that happen. So he's, that was, he's that the must blind have been spot. A, that would have been a head Bob then. Oh, no. <laughs> we he, love it. He went there. Well, speaking of head, guys are going head-to-head, -head, these two, <laughs> with their three stars of the week coming up next on 11 on the Ice. never sleeps. Brian Rust netting his 20th goal of the season last night on the power play in the win over Vegas. This is the third straight season Rust has put up at least 20 goals. And it is time now to reveal your three stars of the week. Loser has to fight Mark Friedman. What? We are upping the ante here. All right, guys, take it away here. Here we go. 
No, Sid. Uh, oh, I'm gonna drop you, you like here. a bad habit. <laughs> Sid's Come been on, really man. good, but you can't. You can't tell me. We got me Rusty. That. We both got Rusty. I was gonna in there. say, at least let me go to bat for Rusty here, uh, because what what we've seen from him is just such steadiness. Yeah. Uh, even in a, a situation where it looks like maybe things aren't going his way in a given game, uh, you know, a, a couple pucks will get shanked or something. He just stays with it. I thought that was a huge goal that he had. Yeah, he's got in the goals Vegas and back to back games down after going five straight without so to your point yes even when mm -hmm. he's not scoring he's doing things to help the team win on the power but then play he doesn't go too long on the power scoring. play I mean he's become the rover guy yes. on the power puck play retrieval too. puck retrieval yeah. too. Puck retrieval. Yep. how about Sid how about Sid man let's see he had a goal in what five straight games yep, yep. didn't have a goal last game he's got point 15 to 16 eight game point streak just a model of consistency besides all the don't forget about all the little things he does, both ends of the ice. I mean, I know I'm pre preaching to the choir here on and on again, but I do find that you got Gino in there. I really, I was, I was almost going to put you Gino were. in there, yeah. but I thought Tristan Jari, who had a little bit of slide in February, right? He lost three in a row, and now he's back to his winning ways. He, he he's is. won three of his last four in those three wins, only three goals against. He is. I, I have to point out that I had Mark Friedman at two because he had to step in ice cold, mm -hmm. and he has really stepped up in that process to the point that it's tough to take it Those out. were all valid points, Dan, but I think you had him in there because if he didn't, he was going to kick the <laughs> snot out of you. <laughs> no one wants to fight Mark Friedman <laughs> except everybody from Tampa Bay. They're going to have him plastered on the locker room. Oh, and window. Philly. And Philly, that's true. Now we'll look at, a look at the week ahead for the Penguins, of course. It's a 1 o'clock drop tomorrow afternoon against Carolina. Then they hit the road for the next three. Nashville on mm -hmm. Tuesday, St. Louis Thursday, and wrapping things up with Arizona on Saturday. Well, that'll do it for us on 11 on the Ice. For Dan Kovacevic and Phil Bork and the entire Channel 11 sports team, I'm Jenna Harner. Have a great night.